It's Appendeer Career, episode 70. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's episode 70. Sweet. Get a list, you know, written or in your head or otherwise, of exactly what you want. And she didn't mean what position. She meant characteristics, just like we were talking about. Yeah. And she said, and just don't let that go. Focus on that. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. In this episode, you're going to hear all about the concept of quitting. And if you want to quit something and move on to what it is that you really think you should be doing, then you've got to take our eight-day course that helps you figure out what it is that you want to do. So it's completely free. It's by email. All you got to do is text HTYC to 38470 or visit figureitout.co. So it's Scott and we are back. And HTYCers, I am ridiculously excited about our guest today. And I've got to tell you a little bit about her. There is nothing this lady can't do. She's originally from the Midwest, but now in San Diego, paying the sunshine tax, this doctor, lawyer, entrepreneur, musician, martial artist, and I have lost count about other things will definitely inspire you. She spent time working as a compensation and pension physician at the Veterans Administration before she decided to add a law degree to her resume. And why not? You know, she ended up as a class valedictorian to boot. So currently, she's in the process of co-founding a startup. And from my understanding, it'll serve as sort of a, a global healthcare marketplace pairing surgeons with patients who need their services and may not otherwise be able to afford them. And we'll talk a little bit about that, I hope. And I'll also tell you a little bit more about her. She's a master at henna art and loves spending time upside down. And when she's not flipping through the air, she's here with us. So welcome to Happen to Your Career, Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky. Hello, Scott. How are you? I am really, really good. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks I, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thrilled to pieces to, to have you here. And I have, uh, I have so much that I want to ask you. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So, I, okay, let's, let's kick it off with a, a little bit of a less serious question, but I'm still curious. Talk to us about Burning Man. <laughs> um, Burning Man. It's... Well, what, what does Burning Man mean to you? I'm, it, I'm curious. It's, it means, I'd, think, I'd say freedom, if I had to sum it up in one word. Um, it means that you can go somewhere for one week a year and you're just free from the bounds of societal norms. And prior to going to Burning Man, there were a lot of societal norms that always frustrated me. Like this, this doesn't make any sense, you know, for, I mean, this is way too candid, but for example, how can you go out in a bikini that is next to nothing, but, you know, somebody comes out in regular underwear and that's somehow scandalous. Like things like that (laughs) never made any sense to me. And so Burning Man, you know, norms are just out the window and it's replaced essentially by kind of golden rule type things like don't hurt anybody else, pick up after yourself, just basic things that make everybody have a great time and let you be whoever you are. And I just think it's something everybody should do once, probably twice in your life. Um, if anybody's interested, there's a video you should uh, 
check out on YouTube called Charlie Goes to Burning Man. And it's about an 80-something-year-old gentleman who went for his first time. And it, it shows you it's not just some kind of, you know, whatever people think, a music festival or a, a drug-filled orgy. It's none of those things. I mean, well, it can be those things. But in addition, it could be a real <laughs> life-changing a growth experience for anybody who's there and consciously there and paying attention and, and really open to the experience. Charlie goes to Burning Man. I, yes. I will make sure that, uh, that that gets into the show notes. Actually, um, the person who introduced us, uh, Tracy, will yes. uh, <laughs> she'll be the one making sure that uh, that gets into the show notes. So that's <laughs> perfect. And, and a little bit of behind the scenes here. So uh, Tracy, who helps us get, I don't know, way too much stuff done, we wouldn't be able to survive without her here at Happened to Your Career, um, she, she created an introduction for us and, you know, she had emailed me and said, Hey, I've got this friend and here's a little bit about her background, but you know, I think she'd be perfect for the show. What do you think? And then she, uh, you know, I said, yeah, sure. Sounds like it'd be a good fit. And then she introduced us and, and, uh, so on and so forth. Now, now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. I love Tracy. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you sent me this video and this video was it's it's on YouTube and I'm sure we'll put links in in the show notes from there too. But you sent me a video that was the valedictorian speech for after you had completed your law degree, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So you started off this video with I think uh, a very controversial statement, and I loved it. But I was watching the body language of the other people that are on camera in the video, and some people really resonated with it. Other people, eh, not so much. So that was right. really, really interesting to me that you chose to go this route. And again, I loved it because I, uh, I very, and I'm building the suspense here, right? I very much uh, agreed with what you were talking about. And we've got a whole, I mean, geez, we've got a whole show and a business founded on some of the concepts you're talking about. But uh, yeah, you started talking about this concept of quitting. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, quitting is something that I've realized over the years is an extremely important tool that is undervalued and, in fact, kind of devalued and, and looked down upon in our society. But I always thought, no, 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 there's there's things about quitting that are fantastic. And I always kind of had that secret thought in my head, and I had some concepts and ideas built around it. And then one day I was driving, and I threw on a, a Freakonomics podcast. And they did an entire episode on quitting that was essentially like hearing a podcast of my own thoughts. And I thought, this, this, is, this is a thing. This is, more people need to know about this. And I was super happy that Freakonomics had done an episode on it. And uh, what listening to that episode did was give me some kind of economic concepts that I could apply to what I always thought about quitting. And when it came time to do my uh, valedictorian speech, I thought, like, what kind of impression? I, I want this to be a speech that resonates with people, but that opens their minds to something. And I thought it, it's got to be quitting. You know, this is a concept that nobody else, aside from this one you know, podcast I heard, I, I just don't hear people talking about this enough. So for me, and as Scott, I'm sure you'll kind of bring up at different points in this conversation, <laughs> but I have quit several things in my life. One or two. One or yes, two. Yes. And, you know, when you list my resume of things that, that you um, did at the beginning, it sounds like, oh, she must have never quit anything. She must have started this path at seven years old and just trudged right through and there's no other way you could get to wherever she is. And it's completely the opposite. If I hadn't quit things, I wouldn't be where I was, where I am. <laughs> it's it truly, you know, listed off that, uh, that laundry list of stuff, uh, 
but it almost seems like you've quit almost all of those to some degree. And that's paved the way for other things. How, how would you put it? How do you, when you talk to people and you know, you tell them about your past, how, how do you, how do you tell them about that? Um, the, the one thing that I guess I have quit, quit for, you know, like almost a hundred percent quit would be the fact that I started off, um, as a multimedia designer. Yeah. And that actually was after I had quit three other college majors, uh, for essentially the same reason. I started off as a broadcast journalism major and I realized, no, nah, that's just, I wanted to be more behind the scenes than on camera. And it, you know, one thing led to another and I was a multimedia designer. Um, but as I said in my speech, that career, even though it was creatively fulfilling, it got very technical very quickly. You know, websites just went from basic old HTML to these Java monsters. And I yeah. just wasn't, I wasn't a programmer. And I, I had to stop and be like, man, I just did undergraduate. I was halfway through my graduate degree at the time. And I was at a job where I was actually employed as a multimedia designer, but I thought I am going to be the lowest person on every multimedia totem pole because I don't have these coding skills. And frankly, I, I took a class to try to get the coding skills. And it was somewhere in the middle of that class where I thought, oh, this is miserable. Like, this is not something that makes me happy. I'm very glad that it makes coders happy. I'm very glad somebody can do it. It just wasn't for me. And it was kind of that day when it was like, ooh, if I can't, if getting the skills required for me to go on in this career is miserable, then maybe that career is going to make me miserable and I'm going to have to do some thinking. So that's definitely the thing I've quit the most. Other things I've quit. Hold on, I want to ask you something about that really quick. Okay, so you realized at that point in time, or it sounds like not too long after you, you know, started taking that coding class, had that realization that, Oh, you know, this may or may not be really what, uh, what I'm after. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. If I don't really want the, the coding piece, you had, you had a conversation with your dad at some point after that. How, how long was that after that? And what, what was that conversation? Um, it was probably very quickly because I don't like when I have a gut feeling that that's strong, I examine it for a while, but I, I don't wait forever, you know, like yeah. it, life's too short to be unhappy. So I had a conversation pretty shortly with him after that. And my dad is, um, hard worker, but he was brought up in a family business of land surveying and he essentially uh. did some other things in his life, but it was always expected that he had to keep that family business and he had to be a land surveyor. And he would tell me multiple times throughout my life, that wasn't what he chose. That's, that's not what he would be doing if he was given the choice again. And so I thought, you know, this, this may, um, this may be something that he has an open mind to, you know, even though he just, uh, thank you to him paid for my undergraduate education. I was, I was halfway through paying for grad school and I was like, this is, you know, I, I hope he doesn't take too much offense to the fact that I need to do more training, uh, et cetera, but he was very open to it. So he is open to it. What did you tell him you were going to do? I told him I was going to have to start thinking. I essentially just told him I wasn't happy um, that multimedia wasn't for me and that I was going to really explore. And I mean, I, the the sternest thing he said out of the entire conversation was like, well, make sure you really know what you want to do before you change courses again. You know, you've already <laughs> kind of waste. And it's funny because I think yeah. he might have said wasted uh, I, three years. My, my undergraduate was yeah. three years. And um, that stuck with me for a number of reasons, but, you know, obviously it put some gravity in the situation. Like, nope, he's absolutely right. I have to do significantly more kind of legwork and thinking than I did prior. And obviously most of us choose a college major when we're, I mean, I started college at 17. Like what, 
what kind of world experience did I have to pick whatever I chose? Exactly. You know? and so this was the time to make more of an educated decision. And, and that's, that's what I got out of that initial conversation. It's okay to change, but let's put a lot of thought into it before you do. So, so what happened from there then? From there, um, you know, I, I kept uh, going to my job in multimedia and I kept brainstorming. I mean, I went everything from like, could I work at a florist to could I be a chiropractor? I, I, a lawyer popped in there at some point. And um, at the time, I was a like competitive swing dancer. And my swing dance partner, and th- this is a strange story, but my swing dance partner was a urologist, uh, a resident at the time in urology. Yeah. And I was around he and his other physician friends a lot. And so that was kind of um, something that came into my head. But I thought, oh, there are so many prerequisites to going to medical school. I, and medical school takes forever. And oh my goodness, like that's just that's just too much. Um, but one night I stopped by the hospital to drop off something to him. And he was in the middle. He was about to put in a chest tube into a patient. He was in the, working in the emergency department that night. Yeah. And he made this statement. He said, um, uh, if you don't faint easily, you can come watch this. And I was like, oh, sure. I hadn't fainted to that point in my life. So <laughs> I, went, I went back there and I saw him put it in. And something just said, like, I can do this you can do this. You should do this. And, um, that's what got started me, uh, started me on the road thinking about medicine. But like my dad said, you know, I had to do some due diligence. So I shadowed a ton of, um, physicians. And what I had to do even before going to medical school is kind of the reverse from a lot, a lot of people is I wanted to make sure I knew what specialty I wanted to go into. A lot of people go into med school, open mind, let's see what I enjoy. And I was like, oh, no, open mind didn't work the first time. Let's try like having a very strict path to what I'm going to do. So I finally, you know, I, I found a sports medicine doctor and I shadowed him a lot. And I decided that was that was the next path. Let me cut in here. If you still don't know what it is that you want to be doing and you're still not doing work that uh, allows you to be able to leverage your strengths or you don't even know exactly what your strengths are, then you've got to check out our free email course that helps you figure out what it is that you want to do. We've had hundreds of people go through this course at this point and I've gotten numerous emails Um, almost on a daily basis now uh, about people saying, hey, you know, I can't believe you don't charge for this. You should put a donation button on here, all kinds of stuff like that. But really what it does, it helps you uh, take some of that overwhelm that you're experiencing about all of those options out there and instead put it down on paper to get an idea of what you should be doing. All you have to do is be able to text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470. Just follow the text and we'll get you enrolled. I am, you know, listening to to hear you say that and trying, and, and I know a little bit about, uh, you know, from some of the research and everything like that, I know a little bit about what happened from there, but I'm really curious, what is your perspective now? Because you've tried a whole bunch of different paths you're, you are using different pieces from a whole bunch of them, but you haven't, you know, I heard you say, Hey, uh, this, this really strict path versus this really open path versus, you know, all the things uh, that could be in between that, you know, what for somebody else who's, who's standing on the edge of that looking and saying, Hey, you know, do I, do I go into this stuff with an open mind or do I, you know, go into it with a very defined, well thought out uh, plan? You know, what, 
what advice would you give? Um, my advice is based on my current kind of outlook on life, which obviously, you know, I'm 37. It's changed significantly over the years. And I think this is the one that has worked the best for me. And it is based on like, follow your intuition and know what you love and know what you enjoy and know what you don't enjoy and what you don't plan to tolerate for your life and keep those things strict. And then know that the path to getting you to those things, um, leave that path open. Uh, for example, you know, I, in law school, when I, when I went to law school, I didn't have a specific thing I was going to do with this law degree. I had a thousand options. I could run for Senate. I could try to help human trafficking and write some legislation there. Yeah. I could do a health law. I could, there were so many things that a law degree is good for, even though, you know, obviously even broader than medicine, everybody needs a lawyer for something. Everybody needs a lawyer. Everybody. And so I just, I, I decided, you know, okay, I had just tried the, tried the strict path with the, you know, sports medicine or die for essentially, you know, a decade, you know, because medical school, I had to take some prereqs, did med school, did residency, then did fellowship. Yeah. So it totaled about a decade of work on this path with this sole focus. And, and that when that you have such a sole focus and it doesn't end up being exactly like the golden egg you thought it was, then you get very, you know, there's, there's some frustration and some kind of looking back, like, did I make wrong choices? And, and I decided, no, let's, let's try this a different path. I know that there are all these options with law. And I'm going to go get the degree, but just keep focused on the fact that I know what kind of job would make me happy and what, what kind of characteristics of the job. So instead of focusing on that one job, focus on keeping a, like a, a solid knowledge of what you need to feel fulfilled in a job. So why do you think so many people miss that? Because I mean, we, we literally have an entire class called Figure Out What Fits that help people come to that conclusion throughout the course of the class. But the reason people need the class and are so interested in it in the first place is I think virtually everybody, including myself for many years, missed that exactly what you said. You said, Hey, you know, know what you love, understand the things that are going to help you help you stay in, in that and experience those pieces, but be open to I sort of heard be open to how you do that. Exactly. And that's, exactly that's, that's not very common advice. So, so why do you think that is? Why do you think everyone misses that? And, and I, th I think the reason may be that they haven't quit a bunch of things. And, and the reason I say that is because everything that I've quit, obviously I learned from, you know, uh, I did multimedia. I learned what things I loved about it. Okay. I love that there was creativity. I did not love staring at a computer screen in a dark room for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And then I went on to medicine and I realized, okay, I like these aspects and I don't like these aspects. And if you, you know, a lot of people, they, they get their undergraduate degree, they go into their first job and then they stay there for a long period of time. And all that tells you is maybe what you didn't like about that one job or what you did like about that one job. But that may not be a large enough data set for you to kind of round out, okay, this is the kind of thing that would make me happy. It just tells you, like maybe you worked in a cubicle for six years and you're like, okay, just don't want to work in a cubicle or just don't want to work for a big corporation. But it may not give you enough data points on the opposite end of this I really liked about it. Okay, I, I, I want to find a job that it does entail these skills. And I think that, that 
it's either that people haven't had enough jobs, haven't quit enough jobs, or maybe just haven't spent enough time thinking about it or listening to their intuition about it. Because, you know, when I start to think about, and even throughout law school, I considered certain internships or not, and I would just get a very uh, deep-seated feeling one way or the other. And I, I just would follow that. And I realized that that intuition is going to lead me to the right position. So I got to tell you that I, I didn't realize how much we have in common when we got on this, on this call. Um, I've heard that same Freakonomics episode and, you know, people, since, since I have a podcast, people ask me what podcasts I listen to all the time. And Freakonomics is one of the ones that I do not miss. It's probably one of the only ones that I don't miss. In fact, so I absolutely love it. Huge, huge, uh, Stephen Levin, Stephen Dubner fan, but, yes. uh, so I heard that same episode. I had a lot of the same thoughts that it sounds like you did. And partially because I have this very same quitting background that, uh, that I don't know if I would have called it that before I, I heard that episode and am listening to you talk about it now. But I, what I'm really, really interested in though, in listening to you say this is how has that helped you now in terms of what, uh, what are you, you know, what you're doing right now, how does that line up with what you want? It's, it's perfect. And uh, as I said, when I made that speech, which was December 13th of last year, yeah. I didn't have this position. I think I made that speech on a Saturday and I think I got this position or found this opportunity maybe two days later. Um, and in the speech, you hear me say that I don't even know what I'm going to do with my law degree, but I assume I will be combining my law degree and my medical degree into doing some kind of consulting position that I love. And that was just kind of in my head. Yeah. I thought I want to combine these two, but I, I kept referring in my head back to this chart I had seen online posted two or three times. And it's a Venn diagram. I'm sure you've <laughs> I may seen have it, seen it, right? It, it's, I wish I had it in front of me so I could quote the four portions correctly, but it's like one section is what you're good at. And one section is what you can make money at. And one section is what would help the world. And one section is like what you enjoy. And the, the intersection of those four, it, it was labeled your calling. And I just kept thinking, you know, I've, I've been through enough career transitions I've had enough jobs. I want to find this calling. And I really could not think of something that fit perfectly into that Venn diagram until the opportunity that I got um, arose. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this, this fits in the calling. Like, and that's how I knew that just having believed all during law school that I was going to stick to my guns and find something. And just, I didn't worry about it. I didn't do a big career search. I just thought like, this is going to come to me and it's going to come organically. And it totally did. Um, yeah. Maybe you want me to say what I'm doing now. So it's I, less <laughs> cryptic. No, let's keep building the suspense. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> no, please uh, tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing now. I know of, I know a tiny bit, but you know, for everybody else's benefit too. Sure. Okay. Um, currently, I'm working as a COO for a company called Medtico International. And um, just FYI, we are thinking of changing the name because we are pivoting to make a whole new platform. And that's what I have been brought on to help with. Uh, Medtico has been working for eight years in medical tourism. And medical tourism has kind of, uh, you know, people either don't know what it is, or they have seen one episode on you know something in Thailand, and they don't have a great idea. But 
basically what it was was that uh, my business partner, his father is a physician, and they would have patients at the office that could not afford surgeries in the U.S., say a knee replacement, you know, uh, somebody had been, uh, had a pre-existing condition, no longer had insurance, needed a knee replacement, it's 60 grand or so in Arizona. They found board certified, um, U.S. trained often physicians that are at uh, Joint Commission International Certified Hospitals in Mexico, and they could do it for 15000 Mm. And so that's the kind of thing that Medigo has been facilitating for eight years. But just like other medical tourism companies, all of it has been offline, meaning that somebody would call uh, Bobby, my business partner, and then he would give them some options and they would say, okay, how about that option? And then he just became essentially the middleman trying to communicate between the doctor and the patient, setting everything up, which worked fine, but it's not a scalable system. Yeah, And he could only help one person at a time. And at max two or three a month because it was just such a, a time-consuming, tedious procedure. And uh, one day he thought, this is before I came on, he, you know, he looked at Airbnb and that kind of model where a platform allows people who own homes and people who would like to rent homes to connect each other without this active participation of a facilitator. Same with um, Kayak. You know, when you used to need a travel agent, no longer. You have the platform of Kayak that gets you a flight, a hotel, everything you need. Connects that said, supply and demand. Exactly. In and he unique said, way. Yeah. He said, we need, nobody's applying this to medical tourism. We need to do this. And um, what actually happened, if, if listeners need any more reason to follow their intuition, um, I had met my business partner two times in person. One was at a yoga festival and one was at Burning Man. And uh, at some point, you know, Facebook friended him, had never had a conversation with him more than three minutes. I didn't have any idea what he did for a living. And he posted something on Facebook just about, oh, look, Skype has this new translation technology. This should really help when I talk to doctors. And like my ears perked up and I was like, well, what does this guy do? And so I went to his website and I looked at what he did and I just wrote him out of the blue. You know, I hadn't seen him in six months, wrote him an email uh, through Facebook and just said, um, I love what you're doing. And if you need a doctor lawyer, let me know. <laughs> and within five minutes, we were on the phone. And that's how this all started. And he said, I didn't know I needed a doctor lawyer. But uh, yes, I do. And because I, part, of, part of when I went into law school was a desire to change the healthcare system. My parents were uninsured my entire life. There were a lot of, um, you know, my, my dad ended up having a facial cancer that I tried to remove by myself in a hotel room at some point, you know, during my residency training, because we couldn't find anybody who would do it for a charity case and he didn't have the money to pay for it. And I've, you know, that stuck with me forever. And I'm like, I need to change healthcare. But as I went through law school, I'm like, politics is too divisive. Politics is not the way to go about it. And I realized this is the way to go about it. Like this system, if I can help build this system with Bobby, then this allows people like my father to find affordable surgical solutions. This is the change healthcare needs, you know, change it from the outside. And then, then the, the laws will have to change accordingly. So that's, that's why I realized, oh my gosh, this is something I'm passionate about. It's something I can use all of my skills for, even down to my multimedia skills because it's online. Um, and it's something that would help others and something I would be good at. It, was, it, it just fit right into that, that center of what was supposed to be my calling. So the interesting thing about listening to you tell that story and also the interesting thing, you know, hearing other similar stories where people find and identify with what they would consider their calling is that it doesn't, you, you 
can't really, and it sounds like you too, very much experience this. You can't really anticipate exactly what it is and exactly, and fit it into that very strict box of it's going to be this job title and this particular blah, blah, blah. And it, it sort of, once you figure out what it is that, uh, that you want, and once you want to have a good understanding of what you're great at, and you're looking and you're very actively looking and open to those possibilities, then it can actually show up is, is what I'm 100%. hearing you say. Yes. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly it. But that's totally the opposite of the way that uh, <laughs> almost everybody looks at it. <laughs> right. What color is your parachute? Okay, exactly. Okay, go do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally, totally agreed. Um, funny thing. I totally forgot to turn off my, uh, my phone and it buzzed and it said, Stitcher, Freakonomics Radio has a new episode for you. Don't miss it. <laughs> you said I would never. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, I, I'm totally fascinated by, by your story because, it, well, for all the reasons that I stated so far, but another thing that I really wanted to ask you about was this, uh, this concept of I'm trying to think even what to call it. I'm struggling for, you've got me struggling for words. That's how, <laughs> that's how fascinated I am. Um, well, you know, let's go down, let's go down this road. I, uh, I am really curious, you know, as you've, as you've talked about all of these different experiences and you've talked a little bit about your dad, but are there other people in your life who have had a really big impact on you? Because I, I I've seen over and over again that typically people, one, don't do this alone. And then two, uh, there's typically lots of experiences along the way that, that come from other people. So I'm really curious who in your life has had the biggest impact on you. Hmm. Uh, that's, I, well, like you said, my father and uh, also my mother, because never once, uh, aside from, like I said, my dad's quasi stern warning of, you know, let's be sure we check this out. They never questioned me. I mean, to quasi walk away from medicine, which I, I mean, I haven't, I'm still practicing, but to do such a pivot and go to law school or to up and quit multimedia and decide I was going to become a doctor. Some of these things sound a little bit out, outrageous to the average person. And my yeah. parents just didn't blink an eye. And my dad just was a huge fan of education. And the more of it I got, the happier he was. He, he didn't care as, you know, like, <laughs> granted, I, I have significant educational debt from, from med school. So it's not without cost, um, which is, you know, something you should factor in. And I would be happy to have a conversation with any of your listeners at, you know, any point via email or whatever, if they're considering med school or law school, hundred um, percent. Because, you know, that's, it's definitely a cost benefit ratio, but I just love that. I, I've thanked them for that over and over. Like, I know some of my ideas have sounded kind of crazy from time to time. Thank you for never giving me any self-doubt. You know, like, if I didn't have any doubt, I sure didn't get any from them. I didn't, wasn't given any reason to. Um, and then I guess externally, I uh, recall having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine. Her name is Elizabeth Lamson. And she'd been a, a not a career counselor, but kind of like a recruiter, I think. And she just happened to, we ha I had coffee one day right after I got back from Burning Man, <laughs> incidentally. And she just, I told her like, you know, it's, I'm finishing up law school. It's time to me to start thinking about what I want. And she said, get a list, you know, written or in your head or otherwise of exactly what you want. And she didn't mean what position she meant characteristics, just like we were talking about. Yeah. And she said, and just don't, let that go focus on that, you know? And, and 
I'm kind of a hippie. Um, yeah, obviously the Burning Man thing might have been your first clue. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm like a very professional hippie. But, you know, I believe that there is some uh, merit to, you know, manifesting what you want. And you have to know what that is before you can manifest it. But like you said, not what exactly it looks like in in job opening form. It, it's what the characteristics are. And know what characteristics you want focus on those so that when the opportunity does arise, you, you recognize those characteristics in it and you can go for it. Out of the blue question, but have you ever done visioning or do you know what visioning is? No. So the short explanation is, and I was just curious, just because you're describing a lot of things that are similar to visioning, but um, lots of lots of leaders and millionaires use visioning, and really, what it is, it's looking you know five or ten years in the future, and not not de- similar to what we were just talking about, not describing exactly what type of job you you know have or something along those lines, but instead describing what your life is going to be like. Yeah, and you know, in down to the some of the smallest details, like how the things that are going on make you feel five or ten years in the future, and you know what what your morning routine might be like as you wake up and, you know, some very large to, you know, how much money is in your bank account to all of these other things. And, you know, I have, I've seen a lot of evidence and I've started using this more recently in the last, uh, last year. And it's, it seems to be very, very powerful. So I was just curious if, uh, one of you used it and it doesn't sound like, uh, like you have, but, uh, you might check it out. You might, uh, being the self-described hippie that you are and right. having some of the philosophies that you do, I think you'd find some benefit from it. No, I absolutely, I absolutely do. I think that that's definitely just kind of an extension of the manifesting. It's just, um, more of a, okay, let's manifest down to the, down to the detail and down to the feeling. And I love that. That's fantastic. The closest thing I've done to that was this, I, I found this guided meditation online. Oh, yeah? It was like, rock star meditation or something. And I was like, well, I just, the, the name's too good. Let's try this. And, <laughs> and, and it definitely described that it was like, picture you in your happiest self. And it just went, it, it kind of guided you through like, how do you feel? What do you look like? What are you doing that day? And I, I only did that meditation once, but I distinctly remember everything that I thought in it. And as I try to build my life, I'm like, okay, remember that, that that's the picture that you thought would make you happy. So it's, it's kind of a, a similar. So I'm going to yeah, yeah, look yeah. more into that. Interesting. Well, hey, I, I just realized that this conversation has flown by and we are just about out of time. I uh, I really, really appreciate you making the time. And I know that uh, we rescheduled once or twice and I'm really glad that uh, that we could make it work and getting on the getting on the phone, the old Skype here. And yeah, very much appreciate that. But for those people that uh, that want to talk to you about uh, about taking on you know, high school or not high school, college or graduate <laughs> degree debt. Yeah, high school debt. <laughs> I, I highly recommend going to high school. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, how, how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? What's what's the best way to do that? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I am also on Facebook. Those are two kind of easy routes. Um, and I think, yeah, either of those ways, uh, my name is Lynn Marie Morsky, as I'm sure the show notes will say. Um, LinkedIn's a great way. Uh, it's super nerdy, but that's, <laughs> I've realized that that's where this new tech space I'm in. Everybody's LinkedIn. Everybody's on LinkedIn. It's just, it's just a thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
but you know, Facebook, um, shoot me a message and I'm sure I'm, uh, I'm guessing that I can probably give you an email that they could put in the show notes. And we're out. Wow. I absolutely loved that episode because the whole concept of quitting and everything else that we talked about pretty much isn't talked about in day-to-day life. It's something that is, I'd say, frowned upon in society. And we believe that, uh, that it has to happen differently. Uh, and I would challenge you to figure out what it is that you should be doing more of and what it is you should leave behind and how you can spend your life doing more of what it is that you want to be doing and what it is you should be quitting and letting go of. Because we all have we all have way too many things that we should probably be letting go of. So uh, I know you know that one of the ways that you can do that is by participating in our eight-day email course. If you haven't heard of that, go to figureitout.co or you can text HDYC to 384 Seven zero, and figure out what it is that uh, you need to keep doing, figure out what it is that you need to quit and start to narrow down what your possibilities are so you can make a decision and move forward. And that's exactly what that, uh, that mini course does, our figure it out eight day email course. It means an awful lot to me that you're here spending time with us. And as much as I love being able to help you, uh, and as much as I get a lot of enjoyment out of out of not just doing the podcast, but also being able to interact with you, I would I would love to hear from you and figure out how I can help you even more. Drop me an email, sign up for the for the eight day course. Let me know how I can help. Let me know your story, what you're struggling with, and I, I read every single email. I can't reply to all of them at this point. I got to the point where where I'm getting enough of them. It's, it's getting challenging to reply to them. So I, I guess that's a good problem to have. I guess that means that uh, that we are um, we're starting to do really well in terms of uh, the business uh, when we've got that many people coming in the door. But it also means that it's it's challenging for me because I want to reply to as many of those things as possible. So I, I do read all of them. Um, and I'd love to hear what you're struggling with and how we might be able to help. In the meantime, another way that I'd love to hear from you is on iTunes or Stitcher. Go ahead and go to iTunes and search HTYC. Find us, leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love an honest rating and review. That helps other people find our show. This is incredibly important. If you've enjoyed the show at all, um, go ahead and, and leave us that feedback. We would absolutely love it if you would take the time, make the time. It means an awful, awful lot to us. And you might even hear it on the show. So um, thank you so much. And I am out. Mm-hmm.